greeting type people. Find your way to your seats. I'm so glad that you're here. I know there's a uh, really important football game on right now that uh, you know, some are repping. You know, Joel's here with the jersey. Anybody's still here. That's important. Um, I know that it's, uh, stuff's going on, and my, my wife isn't here because she's home watching the game. Just kidding. Wait, wait, no, 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 no. She told me not to say that, and that everybody who knew her would know she hates football. So, um, actually, my oldest has been in town for a wedding, so she had to drive her back down to the airport this morning, so, and that's where she is at today. But uh, I know some, some football going on, but I'm so glad that you're here. So glad that those of you who are watching online, thanks for being here. Um, I will say we have our, our trick-or-treat coming, and the candy's out there. I promise you I have not had a piece of candy yet. I'm in the office, and I walk by, and temptation, but I want you to know I've stayed strong so far. So be praying for me as I walk by the candy box. And honestly, I just want to be a blessing to our community. I can't wait till we can go hang out with the, those in our community, rub shoulders with, with, with the Ferndale uh, people and give kids candy. So um, if you think about it, bring that in and, uh, and join us on that day. It's the 28th, and we're just going to be out, set up a booth for Christ the King and be part of what uh, God is doing in our community. So thank you for that. Thank you for, for bringing some stuff in. We're going to continue our uh, series that, that we've been in since I started, because uh, I've only been here a handful of weeks now. Um, I'm really wanting to share uh, the, the focus, is what we're calling this, this series, the focus. This is where we're at. If we're going to do anything right, here's where it's going to be. If we're going to hit anything dead on, what is our bullseye? Where are we going as a CTK Ferndale? Well, it, it's this right here. It's our focus. And here's what it is, and you've heard it uh, three or four times, but you're going to hear it again. What is our focus? We're here to love God and love people. Simple as I can find it in Scripture. That's why we're here, to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love others as ourselves, love our neighbor as ourselves. We, uh, we, we talked through the first two and love God. We're going to do this through the way we worship and through our devotion. And each one of these, I'm giving you homework assignments. Yeah! <laughs> You didn't know that you uh, had uh, got a pastor who gives homework assignments, but you're getting them. And we gave for worship, the, the homework assignment was simple. Just, just come ready. God, I, I'm, I'm come ready. I'm come hungry. I sense that today. That, that, that some of you came in this door and said, God, I'm ready. How do we love God with our worship? We come ready. And, and then devotion. The, the simple challenge was this. You ready? Read the Bible more next week than you did this week. Maybe you didn't at all. Just, just open it up and read a verse. You did it. The next week, just a little bit more. Why? Because we want to learn God's Word. We want to be people who, are, who soak in this thing so we know God more and we can devote ourselves to Him. These are two simple ways. Not the only ways. The Bible's full of different ways. These are just two that God said, here's our focus. Here's what we're going to be. We're going to love God through the way we worship and through our devotion. Today, we're going to focus in on the love people part. We have two, in, two messages in this part, uh, love people. And we're going to zoom in on community. Community. That's what this is about. What is community? This is what we're going to talk about today. The Bible has a lot to say about that. Before we, uh, we jump into really the, the depth of what community is, let me ask you this question. How many of you uh, say that you're extroverted? You're an extrovert type person. Wow, there's not very many. If you're online, just type in, I'm extrovert. How many of you would say I'm more of the introverted type? Wow, we got a lot of introverted type people. And what I know about introverted people is some of you didn't raise your hand because you are introverted. And I'm not raising my hand because I don't want anybody to see. I get it. But, but we're also, like, everywhere in between. Like, I'm an extroverted introvert or introverted extrovert. Like, we're really confused. I, I would say, for me, I'm, I, I'm an extroverted introvert. I love being around people. I need to be around people, but I recharge kind of alone. And I'm not afraid of being alone. 
like when, when uh, we first moved to this side, back to this side of the mountains, my, my family was still over in Spokane, and I moved over, and I, like, I didn't want to be alone just sitting in a home, so I, I went to the zoo by myself, which, which is fine by me until I walked down the, the, the aisles of the zoo and, and realized all these moms with small kids were looking at me funny. I'm like, what, what, what? Like, oh, this doesn't look good. A middle-aged guy walking in the zoo by himself. Like, keep your kids right over here. I realized in that moment what I looked like. But I was okay. Like, hey, I'm at the zoo. I'm looking at the bears. I'm good with it. Um, it you know, I, I, just because you're introverted doesn't mean you're, you're lonely. And just because you're extroverted doesn't mean you have a lot of friends, because sometimes the most extroverted people can be the most lonely, right? Uh, what I'm talking about today is this idea of loneliness, of isolation, of, of being alone, because God did not intend us to do life alone. That's not his plan. Uh, we, we look at it, and we need community, but loneliness is killing us. We need each other, but loneliness is destroying our, 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 our generation and a culture. I was listening to a podcast this week as I was studying for my message, and, and, and I wa listened to this podcast, and it was a guy interviewing the Surgeon General. And he said these words, which were shocking to me. He said, the endemic of loneliness is the great challenge facing America today. Loneliness is destroying America. And this is fascinating when you hear the Surgeon General say that. Because it, it, not too long ago, the Surgeon General brought to our attention the dangers of smoking. It's causing cancer, right? When I was a kid, it was, it was more common. You saw a lot more smoking. The Surgeon General said, whoa, 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 hold on. This isn't good. When, when I was a kid, maybe you're there of this generation or older. When you walked into a restaurant and you're about to be seated, they asked you a, a question. Not how many in your party and smoking or not, right? Right? That was common. If you're, if you're younger, like, they asked that? Yeah, because there was a section. And I remember as a kid walking into some restaurants, and I'm not going to throw any under the bus like Denny's or anything, but... Um, <laughs> You go into these restaurants, and they'd ask that question, you'd smell, and you'd go, you have a difference? <laughs> there, there, there's a difference in this? Because it's everywhere, right? The Surgeon General came on and said, smoking is causing cancer. It's killing us. We need to stop. In the same vein, I heard him say that this week, that loneliness is killing us. They've done some, some research, and they said loneliness is the equivalent to smoking 15 cigarettes a day right now and how it's affecting uh, physically and mentally people in our, in our society. Loneliness is killing us. I, I read this week that there's, there's two subcultures that are the most lonely. There's so many. They say uh, one in two people are, are struggling with loneliness in, in America. But they said there's a, sub, there's a couple subcultures that really just jumped out to me. The most lonely subculture in America is moms of little kids. And, and I just about started to cry. Like, if you're a mom with little kids, you understand. I, I'm not. I, I was a dad with little kids. It's different. But I want you to know that we're here for you. And if, you, if you're here, if you're watching online, I applaud you. That's not an easy task. But there's that loneliness, that isolation. I want you to know you're seen. Hey, the second most lonely subculture in America really, really caught me. It's young adults. Those after high school. It, 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 it's everywhere, but what they say is, you know, you're so connected and you go to college, you don't know anybody, so, so you just isolate yourself and, and, and you get on your computer and you turn in your assignments and, and you have all this life online, but you have no real community. 
And I, was, I had the, the luxury this week of meeting with some pastors, and, and I was happened to be sitting at a table with a group of uh, people who are like missionaries to college campuses. It's called Chi Alpha. And, uh, and yes, <laughs> somebody likes Chi Alpha. Uh, I was meeting with them, and, and, and I had studied this, and I said, wait a second. It was totally off topic. I said, I read this this week. It says college students are some of the most lonely people in America. And they said, absolutely, that's one of our biggest problems. Because they just go, and they sit in their room, and they're just lonely. And, and there's so many more subcultures. I'm praying that, that Christ the King Ferndale can be an outreach to these, that we, that we, have, we can do ministry, ministry to, uh, to, to moms of young kids, ministry to college students. I pray that God puts that on some of your hearts, that we'd say, hey, we need to do something about this. But this loneliness is, a, and as the Surgeon General said, it's an endemic, which is shocking, uh, but, but really not. We, you see how connected, we're more connected now than we've ever been at any point in history. We have these things in our, in our pockets. We are connected. I can go on social media right now and know what you did yesterday. We are more connected than ever, but community is less than it's ever been in, in, our, in our culture. I am not blaming technology. I use it and I love it. Please don't hear this as an attack on technology. But what it's saying is we're substituting the, the way God intended us to do life for something fake. I mean, we don't have to leave our, leave our houses. We can get our groceries delivered, our, our, our Uber Eats to the door, right? We have all this luxury, and I use some of that. But when we substitute that for what should be, we start to face some problems. And that's why the Surgeon General said isolation is killing us. But he also said it's not only a technology thing. He said, um, and, and I was shocked to hear this. The Surgeon General said one of the greatest causes of, of lack of community and isolation is the lack of faith-based attendance. The Surgeon General said going to church causes loneliness. I'm like, huh? or not going to church. Excuse me. <laughs> Whoa, catch me. Can we go back and edit that and take it out of the video? Um, but he said not going to church is one of the problems in America. Not going to a faith-based community thing that's causing loneliness. I'm like, the Surgeon General saying that. And as I'm preparing and praying about community, my heart is breaking for so many people who just feel alone. Statistics tell me that in this very room are people who are going through life feeling isolated and alone, like you're the only one. The answer, let me give you the answer to, to, to isolation through this whole message is going to be this. The answer to loneliness is community. Community is faith-based, Christ-centered community. We see that all over scripture. Let me give you some case and points here. I, 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 I'm studying, and do you know I was shocked as I was studying how much the Bible talks about isolation and loneliness. I'm like, you know, wh God, where do you say that? And as I start studying, it's all over. It wasn't what to speak is what I, what I had to edit out, <laughs> what I couldn't talk about. Well, here's what I want to do. I want to look at three scriptures. That's it. Can you, can you hang with me for three scriptures? And I want to pull out a truth about loneliness and isolation that God is trying to, to show us. If you have your Bible, open up to Genesis 2. Let's start in the beginning. Before we read this, uh, I want to pray. And ask God to speak to our hearts and open our minds. Lord, help us as we address a really hard topic. We address it with truth through your word. God, may your word speak to us, reveal to us what you think and what you have for us. Speak through my words. In Jesus' name, amen. Genesis 2, 18, one verse. He says this, Then God said, it is not 
good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who's just right for him. He's saying, it is not good. I just did a wedding, so I got to, to preach on this very thing at the wedding, watching those two come together. God has created all of, of creation, the beauty in creation, and Adam was hanging with God in the garden. It was just Adam and God. And sometimes you look at that and go, man, that would be peaceful, wouldn't it? No more traffic or phones. Like, this would be great. I could just sit back in my, my uh, banana uh, tree shade hammock and just ah, enjoy God. What, here's a few things that God is not describing. What God is not saying is that he and Adam's relationship was not enough, that God's presence wasn't enough. That's not what he's saying at all, because God's presence is enough. He wanted to bring something deeper. God is also not saying that when he created Adam, he looked back and went, oh, shoot, I forgot something. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying brings into light something so much greater. What he's saying is Adam alone, one person alone, will never feel the, the, the fulfillment in worshiping me and experiencing me if they don't have somebody to do it with. Joy by yourself is empty. Pain by yourself is destructive. But there's something about having somebody with you that you, you get to laugh with. I could tell a joke, but if no one's there to hear, what fun is that, right? When I'm going through the hardest points in my life, having somebody there, and what God is saying that together, there's this beauty of community. There's this beauty of, of, of being together, that equality, that, that we are in this together. Here's the truth that I want to pull out of this. Here's the truth that I believe that, that God is trying to tell us through this scripture. Isolation brings emptiness. Loneliness brings because all the feelings that are supposed to make you happy just come empty. And all the difficult stuff, you just got, you're on your own with it. God is saying it's not good for you to do life alone. Even you introverted people, listen to me. We need each other. I'm with you. But there's nothing greater than that. Isolation brings emptiness, and that emptiness, uh, the, the Surgeon General actually says, leads, leads to, to, to death. What he's saying is loneliness is causing heart disease like we've never seen before. Heartbreak, loneliness. I mean, it shouldn't surprise us, but that's what we see. And what I'd say is God addressed it first. Genesis 2.18, it's not good for man to be alone. Isolation brings emptiness. Let me jump to another scripture. Proverbs 18.1, it says this, Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. What, what Solomon is saying as he writes this is that when you're by yourself, you have no outside voice to correct that inside voice or to push you back on what you're thinking. When you're alone and you're isolated, it causes us to live in our own echo chambers where all we hear is our own voice. And, for, and on some level, you're like, that, that's actually not bad. I don't got to listen to all these other voices. But we're not intended to live life that way. We need that pushback. We need somebody to correct us. What we find is that when we live in isolation and we listen to our own voice, not only do we have our own opinions, but we begin to be hypervigilant in all of these different things. And all of a sudden, everything around us, all these other voices, come across as attacking and offensive. So we put up our defenses. Somebody comes and reaches out to you, and you've been living in isolation, listening to your own voice, and says, hey, let's grab coffee. You, you don't think, oh, great, I get to do community. What you think is, they're going to just tell me all the things I'm doing wrong. They're against me. 
because you live in your own echo chamber. That's exactly what's happening. And we begin to stress that everybody is against us, that everything is wrong, and we begin to take offense at everything said. We put up our walls. And church, I, I don't know about you, that sounds like the last three years to me. And we have so many people in our society just taking offense at everything because I've been living in my own echo chamber. I, I don't want to hear those voices. Isolation, what this verse is telling us is this, isolation lies to you. Isolation lies to you. And what's so deadly about it is not only that, that you feel that, that you're alone and you take offense, but, but all of a sudden that, that the enemy starts to put these lies in your head that you're nothing, you're worthless, you're, you, you, you have no hope. And, and you begin to repeat that in your head. There's no outside voice to say, look at me. You have value. You're important. Isolation lies to us. That's what, that's what Solomon is saying when he writes, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against sound judgment, against wisdom. I live in my own isolation chamber, my own echo chamber. Isolation lies to us. Verse, the third one, there's so many. It's Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10. I love this one. It says, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. It kind of paints this picture that somebody fall into a hole, and the more they try to scrap out of it, the further down in the hole they get. It kind of reminds me of, like, quicksand. When I was growing up, like, every cartoon had quicksand, and I thought quicksand would be a much more of a problem than it really is in society. Like, anybody with me? Like, it was in everywhere. Like, I better be careful. Quicksand is everywhere. But what we learn about quicksand is that when you, when you get on it, and the more you do this, trying to get out, what happens? The more you sink. You need help, someone to give you a branch. Like, like when you watch Gilligan's Island and they're falling, they give them a, a banana leaf. Let's get out, right? Everything I learned was from TV. And it was everywhere. But this is the picture that, that, that's, that, that we read about here, that someone who falls alone is in real trouble. You got no one there to pull you out. And this is what, what, we, what the uh, Surgeon General said and what I've read is called the, the isolation death circle. Because what happens is the lonelier we feel, the more we go into isolation. The more in isolation we, get, we go, the lonelier we feel. And it just brings us on this downward spiral. But I'm lonely. And what's the answer to loneliness? Well, I'm looking in my own echo chamber. I just go alone. I'm just going to go with my whole life online now. I don't need other people. And we feel isolated, which makes us feel alone. It's kind of like that quicksand. He says, someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Here's another truth that I believe we're reading in, in, in Ecclesiastes here. Isolation will trap you and hold you captive. It keeps you there. Don't tell me that loneliness is not a tactic of the enemy to destroy a generation. Destroy a culture. Isolation is real. And, and what, what you find is when you open your eyes to this, it's all over the Bible. It's, it's, it's like God saw in the future. Maybe. It's like God knows stuff. I'm reading through this, I'm like, wow, God, you say a lot today. And he's like, duh, Adam, get with it. It's everywhere. And when you hear our Surgeon General say it's the greatest endemic in America, we need to, as a church, open our ears and go, wait, what? 
Because do you know what the answer, I've already said it, so I'm giving you, I gave the answer ahead of time. Do you know what the greatest answer to loneliness and isolation is? It's community. It's you and me. God's plan to get people out of that quicksand, that death loneliness circle, is you and I. This community, faith-based, Christ-centered community. Community defeats the loneliness. And again, when you look through the Bible, do you know how many times you see this, this, this instances of somebody helping somebody else, and, you know, the, the good Samaritan, and, and like it's, it's all over. I'm like, God, it's, it's everywhere. I want to bring you back to a scripture, one of the ones that, the first ones I read in one of my first messages here at Christ the King, that really got me on this love, of love God, love people. I, I read it to you, and it's, it's Acts 2, uh, verse 42. It's the picture of community. It's the picture of what God's plan for us as a church is. I want to read it to you again, and maybe you've heard it a hundred times, but I want you to listen to this words, and, and I want you, as I read this, to get the sense of what God is saying and what community does. Listen to these words. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. Deep sense of awe came over all of them. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions. And they worshiped together in the temple each day, meeting in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodness, the, the goodwill of all people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being I love that. I, I, I've read that a hundred times, and every time I read it, I'm like, yes, that's what we're supposed to be. We care of each other. We love each other. We worship together. That's a picture of community that, that I want our church to be. I want my home to be that. For people who are lonely and suffering, see that and go, I want in. I, I love it. At the end here, it says, and the Lord added to their number. God brought more people in. He said, this is a community. Let's send them there. Because they needed that. I believe our society today needs that in the church. Are we that kind of, am I that kind of follower of Christ? Where I can look at people in the eyes and go, Jesus loves you, come, come do life with me. Let me point you to somebody greater than me. Because that's what this is all about. It's not just a great group of people who like to play together. They worshiped. They sought the Lord. And together they went, hey, you know my Jesus? Look up. He's with you. This, this scripture is such a challenge to me. We read about, and I've already said that, if isolation holds us captive, what we read here is that community points to freedom. Not to the community that we're playing games together, but it's Jesus Christ. Come follow me. I know somebody who sets free. Let me show you this man. His name is Jesus. If isolation holds us captive, community points to freedom, true freedom, true joy. If isolation lies, what we read here is they studied and devoted themselves to God's word. Community points to truth. Our job is to point each other to truth. Do you speak scriptures over each other, over your family? Do you have it up in your house? I want to point to the truth in God's word because that's where the hope is. If isolation lies, community leads to truth. If, if isolation is emptiness, community brings that fullness. 
the way that God intended as we read in Genesis. God's plan for you to not do life alone. And this kind of community is contagious. And I believe God is raising up churches today, and I want to be one of those churches that goes out in the community and we find the broken and the hurting and say, come be part of the family. Let me point you to a Jesus who sees you. That's what I want to be. That's what I want to do. That's how I want to live my life. The answer is, is a government program. I was listening to the Surgeon General and he has all these government programs and they're going to be great and, and yeah, that's awesome. But I kept saying, no, no, the answer is the church. Where are we? Where are we in this time where our society needs us? We need to be out in the streets. We need to be in people's lives. We need to open our homes. What's somebody else dealing with? And when you do that, you invite community into your own life. And together, instead of death circle down, we move forward to Christ. We're in this together. These voices in my head that tell me you're the only one who's struggling. You're the only one who feels that way. You are worthless because you struggle and this, this, and this. Those are your sins, and you're the only one. Everybody's going to... When I meet with, with brothers and sisters in Christ, what I find is I'm not alone. There is hope. That's the way Jesus has planned for his community to be. And I know for some, as soon as I say that, you go, yeah, but the church, they're full of judgmental, hypocritical, hypocritical people. You're right. We're not perfect. I need people to, to encourage me and point me on. And, and I said this before and I'll say it again. The church has been my greatest source of pain. It has. But it also unequivocally and, and, and unapologetically has been my greatest source of hope and joy. Because when I need it, I have friends, I have family. There are times when somebody up the phone and calls me they didn't even know what I'm struggling with like how did how did you know I needed this today that's what we are supposed to be that is God's plan and I'm asking you as the church of Jesus Christ as Christ the King Ferndale to be in with me I want to be a front runner meeting people who are lonely and broken and saying I know a Jesus who sees you come do life with me come be part of community Let's worship together, celebrate together. We're in this together because we're better together. Do a, a homework assignment as I do with all these messages, a challenge. You ready? You ready for homework? Okay, I'm going to give it to you in just a moment. Ah, you got to wait. Because I really feel I need to take a moment here before I Because what I know, statistics tells me that there are those in this room who are struggling with the very thing I just talked about. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you've struggled with in your life. You're not alone. You're not alone. If you're watching online, I know it feels lonely. You're not alone. You're not the only one to feel that way. You look at Psalm 22, David writes these words. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? David is in a moment 
where he feels like everybody's against him, he's alone, and he says, God, where are you? Coincidentally, Jesus says these same words when he's on the cross. He says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And it's not that God didn't like what Jesus was doing. It's all the sins of the world was placed on Jesus, and he had to turn his back on sin. But so don't tell me that Jesus doesn't understand loneliness, or Jesus doesn't understand where you're at. He says the same words that David said. My God, my God, where are you? There are times in life where I've cried, God, where are you in this? But we can't read Psalm 22 without also reading Psalm 23. And David writes, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And David writes these words, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for what? You are close beside me. Those words are so comforting. And I need somebody to hear those words. Even in the darkest valley, you're right beside me. Those words are like a hug from grandma. <laughs> it's just, ah, you are there. And there are times when we're just honest and raw with God. God, where are you? I need you to know he's with you. He's walking with you. This is our the promise in Psalm 23. It's like a hug from grandma. And we got some good grannies who can hug here. I've learned that. Like, we are huggers. Okay, bring it in. I need you to know. I don't care how old you are. How, how, how young or how old you are. Jesus sees you. And he's with you. And we are a community and we're not perfect. Pastor and I'm not perfect. But we need each other. And I want to be a church the lonely can find families. I want to be a church where God can trust to bring the lonely in. Are we there? In a moment, I'm going to pray. And if you're feeling lonely, if you're feeling the world's against you, I'm going to say a prayer. God would wrap his arms around you. And you would feel his presence. Maybe you don't know this Jesus. But today will be a day where you find him. In just a moment, I'm going to pray that prayer. But first, let's get to the homework assignment. You ready? Some of you thought I'd forget. I didn't. Here's the homework assignment. Very basic, very simple. Between now and Christmas, bring somebody to church with you. Like, oh, no, that's an assignment. Yeah, you're doing it. Okay. Yeah, you get bonus. He asked if you're watching online, you might have heard it. He asked, do we get bonus for bringing more? Yes, yes, you do. I don't know what you get other than, like, God saying... The idea, here's the idea, R really simple. Notice I didn't say invite. There's a big difference between inviting and bringing. When somebody invites me, it's really hard. Like, I got to walk in there and I don't know anybody. That's hard. You go pick them up, say, I'll meet you in the parking lot. Because when you're lonely and you're isolated, the hardest thing to do is go get in the community. It's way easier just, oh, I'm just going to be by myself. I'm going to do my own thing. Bring them. Invite them. Tell them you're going to meet them there. Now, 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 will you get bonus extra credit? Well, God may, may bless you more. But between now and Christmas, will you think about somebody who you need to invite? I prayed as I prepared this that God would put on your heart somebody who needs an invitation. Somebody you need to bring. And chances are, because statistics tell us that that 50% of, of our society is lonely, that you're going to find somebody who needs a home, needs a family. That's my assignment to you.
And I believe as we do, we're going to see God pour out His Spirit here. We're going to see, see uh, growth, not because I, I, I want to see multiple services and a big out. I want to see the lonely place in families. And I want to see hearts turned over to Jesus. Because that is the path to healing. So are you in with me? You ready to do this? Let's be the community God has called us to be. I need you to know Jesus sees you and he loves you. And we get to be part of it. You accept this challenge. The next line in our homework assignment. He puts the lonely in families. He did for me. And I'm so glad that he brought our family here. And you guys welcomed us. I know it's not easy being new. But it is so nice when a, a smiling face greets you at the door and says, hey, we're glad you're here. That's what we get to be to a community. Everybody bow your heads with me. I'm going to pray. And I'm going to ask Jesus to, to speak to your hearts. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to begin to put on your heart who in your life you need to reach out to. You need to bring to community. You need to bring to Jesus. You need to point to freedom. That the Holy Spirit begin dealing with you. Maybe it's a neighbor. And maybe all you need to do is just walk over, knock on the door, and bring some cookies. I, I don't know. Maybe it's you're at school, and it's I want student nobody really talks to. Maybe you're the one who needs to make that step. We talked about these, these, uh, these, these groups that are feeling more isolated. Maybe there's a, a young mom who just needs you to show up with some coffee and sit and talk. Maybe there's some young adults around you, and man, they look, everything's together, but man, there's lonely endemic. I don't know who it is, but I'm praying right now that God will put somebody on your heart that you can invite and you can bring. And just take a moment and just listen. God, I pray that you would speak to your people. God, it breaks my heart to see so many hurting in our world. So many struggling. They're feeling isolated and lonely. God, help us to be a people who are welcoming and inviting but most importantly, pointing to you, the healer, the provider. How we read about in, in Acts, uh, how, how, how you just you poured out in that community. That's what we want to be. God, we're, we're, we're taking care of each other. We're worshiping together. We're praying together. We're devoting ourselves to teaching and the word of God, to, to loving you. God, I ask you to put on our heart people that need community just listen to this word and so deceive ourselves but we do what you tell us to do we take this challenge God that you'd open the doors of this church and that the lonely would find families that you'd find a community of people you can trust to send your kids to to send your children the ones you love the ones you're walking with may we be that kind of community here all we have it's not about us it's all about you Jesus, I pray for anybody in this room or watching online. 
struggling with that passion and love that they're alone. God, right now, they would understand the truth that you are right there with them. That you'd bring freedom. That you'd bring truth. That you'd bring a fullness in Jesus' name. God, would your arms and your presence wrap around them now in Jesus' name. That we could take these promises, stop listening to the lies, and know that you're here. God, if there's anybody who's struggling in this way, God, I pray for healing right now in Jesus' name. Begin the process of speaking. God, if anybody is in this room who does not yet know you as their Lord and Savior, may the words I say point to you. May they look to you. God, I pray that today would be the day that, that, that somebody in this room or online would say, Jesus, have my heart, I surrender. I can't do this alone. Jesus, I need you. Forgive me of my sin. Purify my heart. Be my Lord. God, I pray that, that for the salvation of the lost today. That today would be the day that you do that. God, help us now. As we take a moment to worship, as we close this, is solidify this seal, uh, the stamp of uh, a seal of what you said today with our worship, that you would help us to go out of this place with open hearts, open ears to hear, to open eyes to see those in our community who need this truth. God, we love you. Thank you that we get to be part of this. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with us? We're going to close in a song. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Let's be the community that God has called us to be.